Thank you, uh, Jeff. Um, well, it's time to preach. Time to preach. We didn't know that you took all that long to do fellowship, but we do now. You know, it doesn't take long to just kind of do the wave, does it? Uh, I, but how many miss just kind of giving somebody a handshake or a hug? How many, how many miss that? I, I know you're a bunch of lovers. i tell you what, no doubt about it. I, I do just uh, immensely. Uh, we, don't, we don't know about tomorrow, but we know who holds our hand. His name is Jesus. And we don't know. We have, all right, Wednesday night, a Friday barbecue and all of that, but we don't know what's coming down the pike. And so what we're trying to do is, is to, as someone I heard say today, uh, just be normal. Well, that kind of struck me because I thought, I know some people that will never be normal. And, and we don't want them to be normal. And uh, we understand that. So we mentioned, you know, Wednesday, if we're gathered here and uh, uh, something, uh, if the governor says, hey, the governor of Virginia did today, he narrowed how many people can meet if Wednesday, and our governor does that, we'll be online. In other words, we're always going to get the message out one way or the other. So, and we have, we have the equipment, we have the technology, we have all of that so that you can connect in some way or another. Uh, if we're here Wednesday, and I, I just hope and pray that we do have that opportunity, um, we're going to pray. We're going to be in prayer and just turn that to prayer. Not a lot of other stuff. We don't have fellowship etc. So we have plenty of time to pray. And I pray that today you spent time in prayer, but why limit it to just today? Why not say, God, during this time, it's, uh, we're, we're going to believe you. Uh, <clears throat> probably uh, 38 years ago, I uh, was in the district office here in Florida and when I say the Assemblies of God District Office, headquartered here in Lakeland, and that office uh, gave supervision to more than 300 churches. And uh, here in the peninsula, I was uh, there as one of the executives, and one of my portfolio was Christian education. And uh, it meant Christian education, which meant all Sunday schools, uh, I had to give guidance to and provide materials and teaching materials and motivate Sunday school superintendents. That, that's what we used to have uh, to, to motivate them, and that was my responsibility. I was also over uh, daycares and things like that. Well, we had a, lo a daycare that uh, was having problems because that was under the guideline, daycare inspections, and schools under the uh, HRS, the government supervision. I'm not, don't quite remember the title of that, but one of the, pa the pastor called and he said, uh, listen, we're having a real struggle. The local representative for the government, the government who does inspections of our schools is just giving us a fit. We can't do anything right. That's how we get our license. We get it from the state, we get certification. 
and, uh, and we, we, we just can't do anything right. Then I had another pastor that called, and he said, hey, it appears that there's a war against church daycares and church schools uh, in the younger ages that they're just kind of declaring war on us, and we don't know why. Uh, we sat with them, and they go through the list, and we fix a problem and keep our facilities pristine, but it just never is enough. And I thought, well, uh, and then someone said, one of them said, I just think it's an attack of the enemy. Well, I believe the enemy does attack. And when the enemy attacks, uh, the reality is you can run or you can figure out a way to give God an opportunity to meet that attack head on. So the reality is I called some of the uh, educators together, some of the thinkers and I said, uh, why don't we, and we checked with a legal counsel, why can't we start our own organization that does inspections in our schools uh, and still be certified and get the certification from the state to be able to do that? And so we checked it out, and sure enough, we could. And that started the Florida League of Assembly of God Schools. And so our inspectors were other principals of, of, of Assembly of God schools that would go in and do the study, do the survey, certification, uh, be sure that all the things uh, that the state required were met, but it was a completely different atmosphere. And boy, that just took off. It wasn't long that other churches of uh, charismatic Pentecostal faith called and said, hey, we're having a problem. We understand you guys have your own organization and can we join? And we said, well, it was the Florida League of Assembly of God schools, and then we changed it to Florida League of Christian schools, which meant if you were willing to submit to the doctrine of what we believe, then you could do that. And then, uh, of course, that's, uh, that was uh, right after we have now started full-time director with that, and it's called International League of Christian schools because we have schools in, uh, in Israel and other places around the world. And we have teachers right now. That organization has swelled to, I, I think the last word I got, to more than 30,000 students and, uh, and probably 2,500 to 3,000 teachers that are all under that vibrant organization that gives supervision to the Christian schools. And what what we did is created something by the grace of God in the face of what seemed to be a satanic attack and said, let's create something positive. I'm happy to report to you that every year that organization meets. Our teachers, Victory Christian is a part of that. They meet and probably 1,500 to 2,000 get together and for about two days and they have church. I mean, they talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. And that's one of the things that happened when we felt like the enemy has attacked. And so tonight, waging spiritual warfare, here's what it is. It is a very real, it is a very real thing, and it is an attack of the enemy on our family, on our business, on our church, on our culture, on our society that tries to just get in the way and meddle in what is considered to be spiritual issues. Now, the last couple of years, we've had a great reprieve 
by the grace of God. And I'll tell you about justices on the Supreme Court. Individuals, of course, that we consider well-balanced and not way out there uh, to the left in what they believe as it relates to abortion. But listen carefully to me. The enemy will never sit by and let that set too long before he brings a violent, powerful attack against the church, against Christianity, against prayer, all of those things. And when that happens, we know where the source is without a doubt. These attacks often come to us through circumstances and through uh, temptation or and comes through uh, emotions of defeat and depression. And when you feel, okay, I'm overly depressed, my emotions, I just can't get a handle on life, a handle on, it's a handle on loneliness, loneliness, and that continues to batter you. Let me tell you, that is an attack of the enemy. And there are things that you can do to say, how do I combat that? How do I combat that? And often it starts right here at the altar and then it goes to a godly counselor who can help you manage through that. Now, I'd like to share Charles Spurgeon. This is what he wrote. So try to get this in your spirit. He said, there is nothing that Satan can do for his evil course that he does not do. In other words, Satan is doing everything he can and there's nothing new. He's using all that he has. He said, we may, we Christians may be half-hearted, but he never is. He is his very image of ceaseless industry and untiring earnestness. He does not back up. He will do all that he can to be done in the time of his permitted rage. He's on a leash. He's on a leash. Sooner or later, rapture is going to take place. Tribulation is going to take place. But there's going to come a time when God will put an end to that tribulation. He says, we may be sure that he will never lose a day, not even a day. So now we know that as it relates to what we're facing today, well, is that a satanic attack? You know, this, this kind of virus and, and we know is certainly not good for humanity. It's not good for health or anything of that nature. And it seems like it's just a, an attack of the enemy to come against us. But here's what I know. We fight it on a lot of fronts with a positive spirit. We fight it medically. But here's the greatest weapon that we have. It is the weapon of prayer that God, you know what to do wherever that came from. In Jesus' name, put your blood around us, cover us, and give us the victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul told us. He said to you, Mr. Businessman, to you, precious family, to you, those young people, young couples, an enemy coming against your marriage, against your business, against any relationship, he said, I want you to know that we don't struggle against flesh and blood. If that were true, you could take your Glock and take care of that. He said, here's where our battle is. It's what we consider the intangible. You can't, the rulers and against authorities, against powers of darkness and spiritual forces of evil that function in heavenly realms. Never forget, as Charles Purgeon just said, the devil is never idle. He's always coming with a plan to endeavor to mix into your life some type of an attack, some type of oppression, some type of depression. Amen? But we know in whom we have believed. You believe that. Paul said not only, hey, if the devil's got that, 
Paul said, I got my own problems. You know what he said in Romans 7, 23. He said, I find no matter what I do to try to be good, there's a law and a spirit working in me that just tries to put me in the ditch every time that does its best to get me to just get lazy, to get me to take my guard down, that tempts me to go in this direction, and I know what direction I ought to go. He said, I know that, but he said, the law, the pull of my flesh, the pull of my own will, it, all, it just gets the best of me sometimes and just said, man, I just can't take it anymore. I might as well just pull over and just let, let the devil do with me whatever he will. That is not a good idea. Amen? We know that the journey of our life, our life often takes us through seasons. Seasons in our life, and it is what God plants, sowing and planting, cultivating, reaping, and harvest. And in all seasons of our life, we go through that. We go through sowing and planting and cultivating and reaping and harvest. We go through that over and over again. We go through cycles uh, over and over and over again. So life is a beautiful thing. Say amen. Say that with me. Life is a beautiful thing. Amen. But life can be messy. Say that. Life can be messy. Today it's sunshine. Tomorrow it's rain. Hello? You say, I'll tell you what, I just don't like that. The only alternative is check out. I'm not ready to check out. How about you? Life might be good, it might be bad, but here's what I know. That every attack and every challenge that, that comes our way, we have hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Hope that is found. I had a pastor that called me earlier from another community. He said, we have a daycare, 70 students. One of our workers, he said, one of our workers, they, they're being quarantined and they're, they've tested them to find out if they have the virus. What do I need to do? I said, well, it's almost church time here at Victory. He said, yeah, I know. That's why I started not to call you. I said, but you did. Ask a couple of questions. He said, we're freaking out. We are freaking out. We don't know what to do. Well, quit freaking. Amen? That's step number one. Amen? Quit freaking. There are guidelines that you can take. There are things that you need to do. Well, I mean, I mean, what am I going to do? We're going to close it. We're going to close it tomorrow. We're going to close it. I said, she's in quarantine. Right. Do you know what that means if we close our daycare? Nothing but the devil. I don't mind telling you, I thought, brother, you than me. But anyway, <laughs> but I confess that. How many, how many of my things are, he said, what do I need to do is close it down. Sanitize it, close it down until you find out the answer, whether it's positive or negative. And then if it's positive, you have other things that you need to be doing. He said, we can't afford this. You know what? I don't know that I have ever been able to afford a sidewinding attack of the enemy. Amen? It's just never is at the right time, always at the wrong time, never prepared for it. And it, you know, it just happens in life. You know, when would you choose for this virus to hit us? You know, when would you choose that? I don't know that the public school children are really upset. Man, two weeks off. Hallelujah. 
spring break, moms and dads are, but it's a tech. And I want to show you what I think that might help us. Often it's either a season of pain or a season of reward. Now, life is serious. We have the physical, we have the emotional, we have the spiritual. The spiritual part of us is the most important. Most of the time when the spiritual core of a person's life is on target, the physical and the emotional will be healthy. Everybody with me? It will be healthy. So here we go. Satanic opportunities, Acts 8.1. It is the New Testament story. Saul is giving approval to his death, talking of Stephen on the day of great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except, all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And the church had its first experience with a one-on-one with the attack of the enemy with a blow that was meant from the enemy to take the church out, snuff it out, stop it, stop it. So Stephen, here they are. We're praying and believing. The numbers are being added. Hallelujah. We're sharing, we're sharing bologna sandwiches together, and we're just having a good old time. And Stephen is stoned. Saul's threatening everybody. You show up to church at victory, you are dead. We'll have inspectors there that'll be undercover. We'll find out where you are. We'll come to your house, take you out, take your children out. Society was raging with demonic influence. The church was emotionally bruised and fear was rampant. What do we do now? And faith was being tested And it appeared that they had experienced all they could take. Have you ever said it? I've taken all I can. Enough is enough. And Satan continued to press harder and harder and harder. But the question is, do we see that as an obstacle or do we see that as an opportunity? You and I as believers often have missed many opportunities to stand up and confront the devil because we ran We ran. We looked at the natural. We looked at the physical. We looked at the threats. We listened to the fears instead of taking our stand. And when that happens, we become lackadaisical, apathetic. We settle for spiritual status quo, and we become weary spiritually. And there are many times that we have failed to respond as we should against the power of the enemy. So, So here's what we know, okay, be careful, don't touch anything, get handy wipes, get bleach, wipe the shelves, be sure you wash your hands until the hands are raw, use more water, Sharon washing her hands today, and I'm washing her, I'm washing, I thought, good, you know what I'm thinking, good Lord, the water bill's going to be so high, we won't be able to eat. She's doing what she knows to do, but listen carefully. Our greatest weapon is what God has given us, and it is the power of prayer. You say, well, you can pray all you want to. It's coming, and the worst is yet to come. Pray, pray, pray. You see, here's why prayer stops what naturally should happen and brings in a supernatural barrier. I'm talking about when we get down to pray, everybody. 
And we're going to run by fear. We're going to run by fear. Everybody's going to die. No, everybody's not going to die because there is a healer in the house. Amen. And the majority of those that get it do survive as far as we see now. So, hey, what I'm going to do is take advantage of the opportunity that God has given me. In that moment when Stephen was stoned, Satan gained edge because he never misses an opportunity to negate our spirit person, our spiritual progress, our influence, our spiritual objective and Stephen was stoned, that wasn't enough. Saul stepped in and gave him permission and began to move to imprison and destroy and defeat anyone who claimed to know Jesus. What you may not know, and I know that you've studied, that's why you want to make the rapture in the tribulation. In the tribulation. If you don't make it now, chances of you making it during the tribulation because you didn't give your heart to Jesus before that are almost nil. Oh, stop you from using your debit card? What's my money? Can't use it. Won't buy groceries. Can't buy clothing. You're going to lose your job. The control of darkness is there. And now is the time, the harvest is right that we claim what we know. Anyone that knew Jesus, so our text says persecution came. Oh, here it is. Oh, it's so sad. Everybody was scattered. Everyone was scattered. Fear gripped their hearts, causing confusion and weakened faith. Oh, but there's something here that the ordinary person did not see. We know that when Satan stays focused every moment, moment desiring to discourage and defeat and destroy the believer, he says to us, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy is prowling around looking for someone to devour. But, oh, they were, they were scattered. Secondly, declare what you know. What do you know? What do you believe? What do you know? When your conversation, is it negative? Is it murmuring? Is it picking things apart? Is it finding that the bad? Is it finding the evil? Is it finding what's wrong in your situation, in your relationship? Or is it said, I want to be praiseworthy unto God? Those who had been scattered, what did they? They preached the word wherever they went. So the scattering, though Saul was glad about, and though others stood back and said, everybody's gone throughout this region, guess what happened? They scattered. That was the bad that caused that. But here's what they took with them, the word of God, and they could not be quiet. And they preach the word of God. You see, a little bit of faith will move a mountain if it's spoken. Amen. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the, by the word of my testimony. You throw out there what you know, what you believe, anointed with the word of God by the power of faith. And my friend, it will bring a harvest back like you and I have never seen. This is the time that we plant seeds of hope and not fear and negative attention to the powers of darkness. We fill our circumstances of our situation is so overwhelming we get discouraged and defeated and we choose to crawl into a spiritual bomb shelter but I suggest to you 
that God will never place you in a battle that you can't win. Never. And I tell you that winning is as much our responsibility as it is God. What do you mean by that? We're a team, God's power and my faith. God's power and my faith. And God has given us all the weapons that we need to be able to defeat darkness and push it back. Oh, Jehoshaphat, you're in big trouble, but don't worry, buddy. Don't be afraid and discouraged of all you see, that vast army. Because here it is, the battle is not yours, but it's God. How many of you know this whole situation is God's battle? Amen? But we're wise and we're gentle. And when these people scattered, they made a choice. Do we retreat and hide? Or do we retreat for a better advantage? Amen? This morning after our service, I got, I can't tell you how many emails and, and how many texts and, and Facebook that says, thank you, Pastor, for leading. Thank you for what you said. Thank you for being caring. Thank you for understanding from all, all over the place, the world and, and other places out of the United States. People were watching and said, how will victory, how will we respond? I'm telling you, we respond under the anointing and the authority of Jesus Christ. We work together. We lift one another up. We are wise and we are gentle. Amen. But we are not afraid. We are not afraid. Why is that? Wherever they went, they preached. Wherever they went, we have the spirit of power. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. We have authority over physical forces. It's not by might nor by power. Say amen. We have power in the midst of weakness because God's grace is sufficient in our weakness. And we have examples of others that are there in Hebrews, we see in Hebrews 11, others who conquered kingdoms and, and shut the mouths of lions whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. So we are not victims in our culture today that our Lord hangs over a fire and roasts, but we are victors called to battle to fight the battle of faith and confidence. So when my pastor friend called me, we are freaking. I said, I haven't heard one time you mentioned praying. Yeah, see how easy that is? Praying. By the Lord. You said this morning, pastor, you thought it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. Yeah, I do. But the real issue is, so be it. Because my response and your response is going to be the same no matter what the report is. We will do what we need to do to respond appropriately in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Everybody with me? Kind of wave, I see. Oh, yeah, amen. Oh, I forgot. You can say amen. So what does he say? Now, Ephesians 6, 16 through 18. I'll just give you this little covenant. You that are spirit-filled. I used this the other night. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Somebody say amen. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
for all the saints. So we pray and we pridely, God's word will prevail. We will come through. We've come through. We've come this far by faith. Amen? Say that with me. We've come this far by faith. We've come this far by faith. We've come this far by faith. I said we've come this far by faith. Amen? We've come this far by faith. I mean, culture will go out and buy a six-pack, an eight-pack, and a 12-pack of Corona, of Bud, of Schlitz, of Jack Daniels, and say, this is our answer. We say, oh, no, there is a drink that's far better than that and is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let him come in and wash us and strengthen us. God's word will prevail. So here we go. We're in bad shape so far. They've scattered, all right? But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Both men and women. Philip was one of those who scattered started preaching, he found himself in Samaria. You see, God never misses a step. You walk in by faith, you say, I'll tell you what, from what I see, it's rough. But from what I know and what I feel, Holy Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Philip goes to Samaria, right smack in the middle of the enemy camp. And Satan thought he had an advantage with an individual called Simon. Simon. Go ahead and preach, Simon. Oh, well, he was a sorcerer. He was active. He had evil power. Had power. His, hey, the devil had the power through him to do miracles. People were impressed that he could do miracles. People were amazed. They held him in high esteem and in awe. And not only that, Acts 8 verse 9 says that he boasted that he was someone great. But God is pretty good at taking somebody full of pride who's full of themselves and taking them down to size. He didn't say, Philip, go over there and get you a walking cane and beat the living daylights out of him. See if he can take that. No, here's what he told Philip. Hey, preach the word. You just preach the word. The weapon, that's a two-edged sword. Hello? Just preach the word. And when you preach the word, Philip, get up there. You don't even have to give your best message. Just get up there and open your mouth. Just be available and see what happens. Philip stepped forward and began to preach. He didn't run or retreat or crawl in a cave and compromise with fear and defeat. He said, look, he can do miracles. What in the world can I do? Oh, no, you preach the word. He represented a better advantage. He preached that good news in Jesus' name. And he preached deliverance under the anointing. Why? happened the word conquered the evildoer Simon 
fell down and bowed down to the name of Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to tell the church today, we are not a bunch of weaklings walking around worried about something that we cannot control. We know the man who holds tomorrow, who controls everything, who has power to bring healing and anointing if we just pay attention and say, mighty God, use our faith and let's have the advantage by the grace of God. What are you going to do when somebody in the church is adversely affected? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray for them. Hello? At a distance. We're going to send them notes as they are quarantined. We might even take them food. How many know what I'm talking about? But we're not going to forsake them. Amen? And we're going to say, hey, in about two weeks, three weeks, you're going to be doing pretty good. Amen. You will come through this because we've got you covered in prayer. What are you going to do if somebody else? I'm going to do the same old thing. It gives us a chance to exercise the supernatural and do what we do in the supernatural through the Holy Spirit. And it is not run away from the confrontation or the conflict. We don't know at victory how to do that, run away. We just have, never have. Well, preach the good news. Simon the sorcerer felt the power of conviction and was saved. And not only that, he was baptized. And when he was baptized, guess who he started to follow? Philip. Started to follow Philip. Said, I want to be a part of your evangelistic association. He consumed the great power of God. The battle was fought. Satan showed his best hand. But even though they were scattered, and even though the devil stoned Stephen, how many times have we used his testimony to preach the gospel message? He still lives on in the word of the living God. And at the end of the day, God said, I got one more disciple. And I handpicked him right out of the crowd of darkness. Amen. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, thank you now for your mercy, your grace. We lift up your name. We thank you for so many that are watching online, so many individuals, hundreds and hundreds of them this morning. God, and we thank you for that. We leave here tonight in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We ask you just gently love us but god there is something we can do we don't need to take this lightly we need to pray we need to believe you we need to be positive in our walk we need to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove we need to be loving and forgiving we need to let other people and their opinion and how they respond they have that right but our goal is to lift up the name of the lord and to give him praise and to exalt his name. And that's what we do right here, right now. So God, I pray for anyone in this room that's not right with you in their spirit or anyone listening online, we're going to ask for forgiveness. So would you pray, everybody repeat, and online as well, this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me. Forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me for my sin. 
Forgive me for my rebellion. Forgive me for my wicked way. And give me faith to be a disciple of your love. So use me. Use me on my job, in my family, in my community to declare the name of Jesus above every name and believe that everything is going to be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together. Let's thank God for that. Amen. Amen. That's it. From my anointing rest upon you from the inside out, my spirit is vibrant in you. My wisdom is in you. I declared that if you need more wisdom to ask. So please know that my hand is upon you and that no challenge that you will face, and there will be challenges, are challenges that I do not have the ability to push aside and to annihilate but in the midst of the challenge, I will use you, that my name might be exalted. For as my disciple, my disciple is to declare my name above every name. Walk in faith and not in fear. And watch what I will do in the midst of your challenge. Father, we thank you. We praise you for that. Amen. Everybody good? Everybody good? Amen? Well, guess what? The doors are open. And the offering receptacles are at all the doors. Don't you appreciate that? I know you do. So, as you leave, uh, again, we're trying to kind of keep our distance so many all of you I'd love to hug and shake your hand and to, I would but I have to restrain myself otherwise I have to practice what I preach so they're going to sing a, a good song of worship and you're welcome to just take your time and as you go out if you don't have anything to put in the offering you say well I gave this morning amen amen I gave this morning just wave a spirit of multiplication over it when you walk by in Jesus' name. Love you, everybody. God bless you.
this sickness can't stay any longer. Say sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. And you are the God. You are the God of all power. And it is your and will. to fear because you are our light and our salvation it's in the mighty name of jesus that we pray somebody shout amen amen be blessed as you go tonight